Warning, Pro-Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pro-Tri News. It is the dynamic duo today of Kyle and Pat Lemieux. Pat, how's it going? I cannot believe that we do not have Chelsea, Talbot, or Mark right now. This is ridiculous. Uh, it is 6.05. I'm up. Um, George, my youngest son, knew the drill last night because he only needed one diaper change. So, you know, when the alarm went off at 5.47 for this show, uh, I was ready to go. It's no problem. It's easy. It's easy. Uh Mark has some military business to attend to. Uh, Talbot, I believe, is catching some Z's. Let's let's just be clear. Mark's not out, you know, doing military stuff. Mark is Mark is doing some sort of celebratory. uh, Mark's dressed up dressed up as Santa Claus at the company (laughs) Christmas party. I mean, uh, yeah, we just we need to be clear. It's not like Mark is, uh, you know. He's not I'll, behind enemy lines. Don't he's worry. Not, he, yeah, exactly. So yeah. Let, let's keep that clear. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Kyle, we had a uh, what I what I thought might be a boring weekend of racing, and and I thought it turned out to be uh, very exciting, very engaging. And you know, I know there was a a little a little blip at the start of uh, the the coverage for Indian Wells, but yeah, I thought I think we've got a great show to talk about here. Yeah, it was really good. I mean, we posted on our page that it was the last big weekend of racing, and people were like, no, there's a race coming up this weekend. I'm like, yeah, but this is the last, like, big weekend. So um, we hit it off on Friday with Clash Daytona, $100,000 on the line. Uh, Vincent Louie hung on despite uh, Yoa Pereira and Jason West surging. Um, Gutsy performance, I thought, by Tom Bishop. Um, I think this guy has a real chance at the long course stuff, so – um, it'll be exciting over the next few years to see how he goes at it. Look, I, the biggest thing for me with the with the race, and we we'll talk about the men's race and the women's race, but uh, the coverage at Clash Daytona, I thought was awesome. And I'm, you know, re- reconsidering what I've said about that series in the past. Uh, I, I want there to be a place for it. I want there to be those races, and and I think that. These racetracks are are awesome venues, and then the crew at Clash Daytona really that when they bring the timing over and their system, their production from NASCAR, it's it's very clear that uh, you know that's better than anything that we see in triathlon. So I, yeah, I thought the production and the and the race and the way it looked, uh, I thought that that was very engaging, very interesting, and you know it would be. You know, maybe they needed to back up that Corvette a little bit more from the finish shoot. <laughs> if there was a sprint, it'd be like a little dicey in there, the way that they were trying to do that show car. But uh, yeah, I thought, you know, I don't know. I don't know the rationale either for going on Friday, but who doesn't love a weekday race when uh, when it's a work week and you, you can... Um, Watch it on your lunch break and... Yeah, exactly. Dual monitor situation and, and, and watch it going on. So yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, obviously, like you said, NASCAR is just head and shoulders above everyone else as far as live production of racing events and stuff. So um, I don't think it's any surprise that Vincent Louis won. 
especially after um, Leo Berger came up sick. So uh, I think Vince kind of met ex- everyone's expectations of him winning. I didn't. I don't think people thought it was going to be as close as it was the 30 second gap or whatever it ended up being. Um, yeah, but yeah, it came down quick. You know, obviously he, he, it can come down quick in the end because he knows he's got some coverage for it. But, um, you know, I thought Jao Pereira, that's a name that I haven't seen for a, a while. And he's obviously, uh, he's got a short course background. And so to, I didn't, I don't know enough about where his career has gone in the last few years to, to know if he's, if he's, moving in a, a non-draft direction full-time where he's going to be doing 70.3s and potentially an Ironman. So I thought that was that, that was quite interesting. And and again, you know, Jason West um, proves to be Mr. Consistency and and can demonstrate that he can really chew through a field at the end of a race when when uh, when, it, when they get off the bike. So, yeah, great, great weekend. Uh, great race for... Yeah, I think no surprises. The biggest surprise, like you said, was was Leo was sick, and so we were maybe um, robbed, robbed of a bit of it. Yeah, of a race there, but yeah, I thought no, I, yeah, no surprises. I thought it was a great race. I mean, we're going to get into the probably the biggest surprise, which please please double click that Jackson Laundry was eighth on Friday in Daytona, and then he's going to take a, uh, a a trip across the U.S and go race in Indian Wells on Sunday morning. So we'll, we'll talk about that later in the show. Exactly. Well, let's hit the women's race. Angie Omo won the race. Um, from what Tom Bishop commented on our page, she's had a rough go the last couple of years. So it's great to see an athlete that's been in a bit of a slump for the last 14 months, come away with a victory. So, um, and you could see as she crossed the finish line, how emotional she was uh, to get that win. Second place, Sarah Perez-Sala, who has almost na- made a name for herself doing all of the – the uh, doing the Miami race, Class Daytona. Um, she's kind of made a name for herself doing those races. So uh, props to her for second place. And then third place, Julie Duran. I really thought she was going to run through the field. She was running hot. Um, ended up third. Fourth place, Jackie Herring. And fifth place, uh, Haley Chira. So I thought this race was – Exciting, um, maybe not as exciting as the men, just from a uh, pure, I would say, rankings perspective. Um, however, Sif Madsen, who's Magnus's uh, girlfriend, she had a uh, pretty good gap on the fields and then just kind of fell off a little bit. But I would say all in all, the women's race was was pretty exciting. Um given that we had Julie Duran trying to run through the field. Yeah. Yeah, I think you summed it up, Kyle. So um, I'm sure there's something that we missed. So if we missed something, hit us up. We didn't miss anything. We did did Um, not miss anything there. No. The the coolest thing I love about Clash is not only do they put 100 grand on the line, so you get first place gets 15 Gs, 10 Gs, Seven and a half K, six K, four K, three K, all the way down. Um, it's the preems that do it for me. I've wanted uh, races to do this in the past. So, like your fastest swim, fastest bike, and then first, fastest run split, and then T one and T two. I love doing preems, Pat. I know you do too. Just coming from the the cyc- road cycling world, um, I mean, is this something that we could see? 
in the future from other people, or do you think that this is just something that that Clash kind of puts their unique spin on? Yeah, I mean, we've seen it before at races. You know, the the famous high V race, they always had uh, big premiums, so it would be first out of the water, and then they would do some uh, similar similar types on the bike. Um, I think it's probably getting an understanding of the dynamic of each race and, and where and where and when to place those premiums to know if they will make a difference. Uh, so, you know, obviously the, the, the swimmer, the fast swimmers are always going to get it. There's only a handful that are, that are capable of winning it. And then the bike is potentially where you could mix it up where if you were to, in a long course race, if you were to place a, KOM bonus uh, or something like that. You may have, if it's far enough out from T1, you may be able to to create a shift or a change in the race. Um, yeah, I think, it, is it something that um, you necessarily need? No, but would it be fun to, to add in at times? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so that's pretty much it from Clash Daytona. Um, Clash Miami is going to kick off the year, I believe, with North American racing. Um, so be on the lookout for that race. The the Clash really does a great job of making everyone feel um, like they're part of the race, uh, as opposed to some other branded races. So be sure to check out some of their racing. Um, it's really fun. Miami, it's not actually in Miami. It's in Homestead. So if you find a Miami, just... So, you know, it's about a 40 minute drive from there. So we had Ironman Western Australia this weekend. Uh, I'm going to read our recap. And then we got sent a recap from Jack Kelly, how they train podcasts. And his is pretty good. So I'm going to read that aloud for everyone as well. So let's go. Ironman Western Australia. We had a master class by Max Newman. Uh, Steve McKenna showed up in a big way. And then Matt Burton, basically fastest bike split and was able to secure third. Uh, for the women, Sarah Corrali completes the trifecta, winning all three Australian Ironmans of the year. Els Weiser, second place. Lottie Wilms, third. Um, Els and Sarah Corrali got the Kona slots, and then Max Newman and Steve McKenna got the Ironman World Championship slots at a location TBD. So... <laughs> I'm, I put it on here. I, I'm already. I mean, this just it, it, for for me. It's uh, it's tricky, right? Where I'm 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 talking about. I refer to Kona as World Championships, and and I have to be careful because it's that is no longer the case. It's it's World Champion. It's Ironman World Championships, um, but it is going to take a while for me to to break that habit. Um, yeah. Even yeah. I put on here, it's like Kona slots because that's what it is. Yeah, so. of course, of course, of course. Yeah, so we'll we'll maybe we'll maybe uh, talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. But yeah, keep keep going. All right, I want everyone now. If you're, unless you're driving, I want you to or running, I want you to close your eyes and just visualize this because we didn't get live coverage of Ironman Western Australia, but we have a very detailed explanation of what happened. So. The men's race was the most highly anticipated Ironman in Australia this year. Cairns is the one that gets the most attention and is on the world stage. However, um, everyone looks forward to watching the battle between Max Newman and Steve McKenna. Despite a decently sized start list in the lead up of the race, Max and Steve knew it would be a race between them. Steve declaring Max wouldn't get to get off the bike next to me because he knows that he can run with him. So he wants to win 
and he'll have to ride hard early to gap everyone. As a group of four, Max, Steve, Pete Jacobs, and Patrick Nielsen exited the water together. That's exactly what happened. Max rode at 370 watts for 15 minutes, and Steve could not go with him. And by the 90K mark, Max had ballooned the gap to three minutes on Steve and extended that by one more minute by the end of the ride. Matt Burton, an athlete known in the Australian scene as one of the best time trialists the World Triathlon has ever seen, rode five minutes faster than Max and nine minutes faster than Steve to split them coming into T2. So with just the marathon to go, Max was leading, Matt was one minute back, and Steve was four minutes back. The story of the day was that once the swim had finished, every single athlete on course basically did an individual time trial. The main reason was because of the severe crosswinds, making it nearly impossible to sit in a draft. Max ended up running a 241 to win the race, missing Alistair's course record by one minute, or sorry, one second. And Steve ran through Matt Burton with a 243 marathon to finish second, just over five minutes back from Max. Burton held on for a gutsy 251 marathon off the bike as one of the biggest bike rides in triathlon this year. The two big takeaways from this race are that Max Newman is clearly backed up his Kona performance and is a top three to five athlete in the planet right now. And Steve McKenna is arguably the greatest name to watch in 2023, who a lot of people on the international stage have never heard but we'll soon have big results at important races next year. So I'd watch his name for 70.3 worlds next year. There we go. There I left, cheers. we left, we left Pat speechless. Good job, Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about Max Newman though, because obviously some people were like, where's this, where did this Australian come from at Ironman world champs in Kona this year? And him being able to back it up, with this result is massive. No, no. If you, if you've been around, uh, this, this, you know, I guess comes as no surprise. Max is Max Newman has clearly elevated his game. Um, but he's been, he's been chipping away at it for some time. So, you know, the, obviously his, you know, his breakout performance was, was at Kona this year, but, but for him to, to back this up at Ironman Western Australia, yeah, no surprise at this point. Like Max Newman is a name that 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 we're going to be saying for a while, and it's going to be around. And then Steve McKenna, I think uh, him and Talbot were DMing back and forth, but um, Steve didn't take too kindly that we didn't know which Steve McKenna was going to show up. So it was great to see him come away with a a second place and be able to back up his performance. Look, look, we. Um... We call it as we see it here at Pro Tri News, and we're not we're removing. Um, you know, obviously, we've got people that we're close with on the circuit. We're removing when we when we put on our when we step in front of the microphone. We're just calling it like we see it, and and we're not we're not putting emotion to it, um, and and we're not uh, we're not trying to make enemies here or or make better friends. We're we're just trying to we're trying to call the news in an objective fashion as it pertains to triathlon. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you so mentioned I th- that. So I think, you know, if your results sheet shows some great results and, and a lack of consistency, we're going to call that out. And and we we want everybody to win and be consistent. So that's, you know. Let's, you, let's think, you think uh, Tom Brady and LeBron James are DMing Stephen A. Smith on ESPN saying, hey, Stephen A., you need to, you need to be nicer. Hey, look, look. Absolutely, it's happened. And I'm sure that there's athletes that don't that don't love the those 
the, the you know the pundits of of the respective sports that they're in. So look, I'm I don't want to hold us to the level of ESPN, but obviously we're we are trying we are aspiring to get there. So I think uh, yeah, I, th- I think again we we call it as we see it, and you know if that's what Talbot said um, with respect to Steve McKenna's results, then that's where it's going to end up. Great so, job to him. This great job to him this weekend. Second place. Amazing. And getting a Kona slot. Or sorry. There you go. A world championship slot. Jeez, this is there gonna be go. this is gonna take a lot to get used to. All right. Let's go on to the women's race. The women's race was a completely different race. There is no big rivalry or highly anticipated face-offs. The only question would be would Sarah Corrali win and end her season winning all three major Australian Ironmans? And she did just that comfortably. Really, everyone else ended up there at the race fighting for second as Eric took control of the race early on in the bike. And there was never any doubt Lottie Wilm stepped onto the Ironman racing and put on a performance to finish third, six minutes down from Els Weiser an honorary Australian who came second, four minutes back from Sarah. The biggest takeaway from this race is that it is one of mixed feeling feelings. Sarah had a dominant performance and proved that she is the best Ironman athlete in Australia, but ultimately in depth, the Australian female long course triathlon scene just isn't there compared to the rest of the world. Ashley Jendel had an amazing year and is standing alone as someone who could win big long course races in the future as Australia desperately needs a new wave of young female triathletes to come up through the ranks and start competing with the likes of Sarah Corrali or they will get left behind by the European and American long course athletes. Yep. We've seen this before. Um, you know, there's, there can be a, there can be a void um, at certain times um, in, in just different, you know, we'll call it countries. Typically we see this, it seems like we see this in um, we'll call it short course racing because maybe they, maybe they take a pause on development when they've got a, a certain group of athletes that are doing very well. Um, and so this is no different in, uh, I will call it long course racing. I think the one that I think of that's probably coming is you've got Jan Ferdino, Patrick Lang and Sebastian Keenley, three, uh, three Germans that are all aging out. And it's not clear that there's going to be, you know, three younger Germans to replace them, to replace their dominance in the long course scene. So, you know, we can, we could go back and look through examples like that all the time. Um, Yeah. And I think that's just, that's just something that comes and goes. So there's not a, there's not a federation or a system that develops um, athletes in the long course, just in the long course game. So that's it. It just, we just kind of see, we just get what we get. So yeah, that's my observation. We pretty much just get an extension of the athletes that are like, okay, I'm done with short course. I want something new, a change, something like that. And then they come up through the ranks. Yep. So, So, um, Grace, yeah, great, cool. great race recap. Okay, you can open your eyes now. Sorry, everyone. Uh, great, <laughs> great race recap by uh, Jack Kelly, How They Train podcast. So if you haven't listened to them, be sure to listen to them. Uh, we become good friends, Jack and I. So text pretty much on a daily basis. So Kyle, as, who aren't you friends with? I mean, you can, you can, pretty much, a, uh, you, you've got the keys to access, uh, you know, conversations with anyone, it seems. Uh, so, 
Yeah, good on you. I'm thinking about getting into uh, Oklahoma City politics and maybe run for mayor or something. So. Oh boy, no, we want to keep you on this show. We want we want to we want to expand the triathlon growth. So that's right. Look, that's Kyle. The final race of the weekend. You you flew uh, you you flew to the race. Give us yeah. um yeah, just tell us about it. I took a late flight Friday after work. Arrived in Ontario, which is actually an hour and a half drive away from Palm Springs. I flew into the wrong. I wouldn't say the wrong airport. I was looking for a flight that was uh, I would be able to get into uh, after work on Friday. So I arrived around midnight, drove the hour and a half. Chelsea accompanied me on my drive to make sure I didn't fall asleep. And then made it to Palm Springs, stayed with my good buddy, Trevor Foley. And then we made it to the race venue. So on Sunday, as I'm sitting on the beach, I'm just checking Instagram. Everyone's DMing. The live stream isn't working. The live stream is working. The live stream is working. I'm like, what the frick? So we get through that, and then the tracker's working, or the live stream's working, whatever. But let's move on to the race. The women's race um, was probably the most highly anticipated just because we hadn't seen uh, Jeannie Metzler pretty much all season, and this was going to be her season opener. So, um I think everyone was kind of interested to see if she was going to make the start list or not. Um, she came out of the water with Paula Finley. Paula set out on a blistering pace on the bike um, and then was able to hold off Tamara Jewett as she was surging towards uh, first place. Um, and then Daniel Lewis came third. However, Paula, every time she went by us, was asking what the split is, asking what the gap is. What's the gap? What's the gap? What's the gap? Um, I think she knows that Tamara is elevating her game and next year it's going to be even, uh, I don't know if I would say scarier, but if you're a female athlete lining up on a start with list with Tamara Jewett, you probably want as big of a gap off the bike as possible. So I love that Paula played to her tactics, um, in the race, as far as the swim and the bike are her strengths. So she used those um, to perfection to build herself a gap large enough to sustain to Marjuit um, running through the field. Yeah, I think, you know, I haven't seen um, a photo of, of Tamara's, uh, you know, bike setup yet, but, but clearly, you know, with another year of training and if she continues to hone in, you know, so much about 70.3 is is being slippery now um if she can continue to improve that and you know what did it what was it down to at the end for it was at like 44 seconds right right i mean i don't want to say it's, it's not impossible to find a minute on the bike um across adk with a better suit better position and then simply just more time in the aero bars and and becoming powerful in that position um given given the improvements that she that uh she finds every year you know that is something that that can happen so um yeah you know interesting obviously this wasn't um we'll call this a tier two or tier 2.5 race um on the weekend and so when you obviously when you get to a bigger race there's more horsepower at the front and and if you're suboptimal in the swim and the bike it gets even exposed at it to a greater level um so yeah just 
find it super interesting. I mean, I, I forget, you know, it's the, it's the first time that they've had video coverage at this race. Um, the run is really hilly and, and, and very, it looks very challenging and, and we'll get into, you know, even the, the times, I mean, Sam Long ran a, uh, 70, a high 72, I think was listed. Um, presuming that the course is measured correctly. Uh, that's, that's something that, you know, it just demonstrates, you know, how it is a real cross country style course where they're running on grass, there's up and downs. There's some, there's some slow turns. Um, yeah. Any, anything else to cover on the women's race? Um, not really. The, the, I think the biggest surprise would probably be, um, how cold the water was the water was pretty freaking cold it was like 55 degrees also something i learned at this venue uh you have to baptize your wetsuit the day before the race have you ever heard of this bat yeah because there's some it's a there's just some sort of treatment that you have to give to it so you're not bringing any any foreign substances into the um the pond or the lake or whatever that they're swimming in is that correct yeah there's like some evasive uh, muscle species that can get stuck on wetsuits and then they're trying to preserve the environment at this lake. That sounds so California. Uh, but anyways, this lake, you can only swim in twice a year. Once they have an, a, uh, excuse me, once they have a non-branded Ironman in the lake about a month prior to um, 70.3 Indian Wells, which is the second time you can swim in the lake. Other than that, those are the only two times that you can swim uh, in the lake there. So, Wow. Yeah, crazy. Okay. Um, men's, men's race. race. <clears throat> men's race. I mean, there was a pack of six that came out of the water with Matt McElroy. Um, one of those being Iron- making his Ironman debut, Justin Rial. Uh, whoa, and, whoa, 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 Aaron, this is 70.3. Yeah, sorry, She's, 70.3, 70.3 debut, yeah. uh, 70.3 pro debut. Sorry. Um, so pack of six came out of the water with Matt McElroy. Basically Matt Mac lost his nutrition on the bike. He posted about that. Um, but essentially what happened is they waited for Jackson and Sam who came out of the water together to roll through. And they basically, punched through that and then kept riding together, came off the bike together and we're running together. Um, and Sam essentially just ran away from Jackson, uh, as I'm sure Jackson was severely fatigued from racing two days prior and the flight, uh, back next. You had, uh, Bart Arnott and Lionel Sanders. Um, it was a battle for the podium. Unfortunately, Lionel suffered a panic attack in the swim, um, and lost to Sam long swim pack. And then uh, basically Bart outkicked Lionel and it was just a battle between uh, two people that hadn't really lived up to their own expectations for the season, um, battling it out for the podium. Yeah, I think um, so just going back to, you know, the coverage being dropped at the beginning, I'm not sure what was what was happening there. We were obviously all texting about it um, and then eventually the the feed worked on what we deemed were Apple devices. <laughs> uh, so uh, interesting, interesting things that happened there. So when they picked up the coverage, I think, I mean, they were, they were on mile. I mean, they were 50 K into the bike already, I believe. W- would you say Kyle? Is that, is that 50 when it K, 
Oh, 40. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't paying too close of attention. You, you were at the event. So, so, yeah. so, a lot of the race had already gone <clears> by. Um, you, you know, I don't think there were. I mean, I guess the big surprise to me, reflecting on it, was was Jackson Laundry being as competitive as he was racing on Friday in Daytona, and then you know this is this is triathlon. I mean, Jackson had to bag his own bike, fly, check it at the airport, get out at the airport in um, California, build his bike, re bring all of his stuff to transition. Like this, this was this was a busy three days for for Jackson, and so he he's got to be real happy. Uh, with his performance and and maybe you know maybe kicking himself a little bit i'm not sure what you know if he wasn't fully opened up in daytona but obviously i'd I'd say he was capable of a better result in daytona and you know had he not raced daytona he was probably capable of winning in indian wells so uh, i think it was just it was fascinating but but hats off to him for doing the double and uh I find it, I found it cool. And, and, you know, obviously uh, Sam Long has had uh, parts of his season that are, that are highly forgettable. So, so please remember he was, he was hit by a car before world championships in St. George. Um, And then he, he suffered, you know, I don't, the, the, it's very murky on where his penalty was given. um, But what we all saw on TV, I think was, uh, was not earned and so he's had some he's had some tough luck this year and so to finish his year with with a with a nice win um that's that's a great way to finish the season yeah um let it be noted that jackson bagged 70 sorry yeah i think it's seventy five hundred dollars doing both races i think he got paid two g's from clash daytona for getting eighth place and then uh five thousand dollars for second place here at Indian wells so not a bad not a bad weekend at the office for him um there was a big prize purse here at indian wells for not a huge start list uh fifty thousand dollar prize purse seventy five hundred for the win five g's for second uh thirty seven hundred for third three thousand for fourth um pays all the way down to eighth of a thousand um i it's so hard because i would love for iron man to pay 10 deep but i understand but also like you can't really look a gift horse in the mouth because they are upping their prize purses. So if you're going and winning these races, you're getting more money than you've ever gotten. But if you're getting 10th place, you're getting snubbed some, some dollars. Yeah. I, th- I think to pay top eight at these races was, um, was fair. Was fair. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, there's a pretty big, I mean, there's a pretty big fall off between I'll call it third and 10th. And so, yeah, they've got a, um, the, the quality of field, you know, they have to, they have to acknowledge as well. So, yeah. Yeah. All this money talks got me thinking, uh, this episode is brought to you by waterfall bank. Um, be sure to join the waterfall racing team, uh, to be a 2023 member. It is $75 one-time fee. Um, and that gives you access to, uh, kits, access to the pros, um, access to go to events, all the above. Um, also don't forget about the pro project for athletes Aged 18 to 25, um, aspiring to be a professional triathlete, you can apply at waterfallracing.com. Click apply to the pro project. And then um, I believe it's going to the panel of the professionals um, as well as the leader of the waterfall racing team. So be sure to fill that out. 
Um, you have access to basically going to live and train in Boulder for a whole year. And then Pat's going to teach you how to wash your bike, clean your bike, service your bike. And then is that right? Well, is that right? Absolutely. But there's been a, uh, there's been a little friendly rivalry that's brewing and I haven't had a chance to speak to her yet. Uh, it's, Rachel um, from Waterfall Bank Racing, it, we're, we've kind of got a little friendly rivalry going on of who can wash a bike better. So I think there's going to be there's we're going to have to settle that score as well. Um, and I, I've got an idea of how we're going to have a creative competition there. Um, so exciting stuff happening. That's good. Um, we're also planning on doing a episode with the uh, whoever selected for the pro project. So uh, I guess Pat and I are going to be in Boulder to do that episode with them. <laughs> I will be in Boulder. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be fun. Uh, one other race that happened this weekend, Challenge Brazil. Uh, Andre Lopez got his first win, also part of Waterfall Racing. Uh, Gabriel Klein got second place and Luis Henrik got third. Um, first place for the women, Pamela Oliveira, second place, Rachel Olson, and third place, Bruna Stolf. So that was the racing that happened th this last weekend. The racing to come this weekend, you have Friday is 70.3 Bahrain. Um, the start list is, meh, I would say, pretty weak compared to what we've seen in the past at this race. Um, we used to have the the, two, the three Vikings all competed, got on the podium, um, Gustav Christian and Casper Storns. So this year you have Peter Hemrick, who's had a great season. Uh, Felipe Azevedo, who's also had a great season. Vincent Louis trying to back up his performance at Challenge, sorry, Clash Daytona. Um, and Henry Schumann also trying to right the ship after his performance at Clash Daytona. Um, the men's race, I mean, if we're honest, Vincent Louis should win this race with his eyes closed. Maybe one arm tied behind his back. And then yeah. the women's race, we have Holly Lawrence. Uh, our ratios, our ratio, this is the, this is the final weekend of our ratio. So the, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're doing a preview here, but we're not, we're not going to cover this after the fact. We've got our award show coming up. We'll do, we'll do a quick like two minute race recap of the, or we'll just tell everyone to go look at the race results. That's what right. happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Holly Lawrence, Marjolaine Pierre, uh, Didi Dirks, Lottie Lucas, um, and Natalie Vancouverden coming up from draft legal. So I would say this start list is fairly weak compared to what we've seen in the past, uh, from 70.3 Bahrain. It just speaks to the kind of season that we saw from, from long course. I mean, it was a long season for long course athletes. So, um, the other race, we have 70.3 New Zealand down in Tapo, who's going to be hosting 70.3 World Championship, not this coming year, but the year after, so 2024. Um, Rebecca Clark's on the start list. Els Weiser's on the start list. Kearley Seidel, um, Dr. Hannah Wells. For the men, you have Jack Moody, Sam Osborne, Mike Phillips, Charlie Quinn, who's made a name for himself um, in Australia, coming from short course up to the long course distance. So exciting watch races to watch via the tracker as we're all out of live streamed races how do we do yeah it was great um you know we met we missed our our 
our three co-hosts. We missed Chelsea, uh, Mark, and Talbot, but you know, I th- thought we got a lot covered. And uh, yeah, I thought you know, just reflecting on the year of triathlon, it was it was a great it was a great year. And and you know, I I struggled to think how we're going to have more excitement in twenty twenty three and what we're going to cover. But it's there's there's clearly there's some big races. We're waiting on some schedules and. You know, I think the big, obviously, the the big thing that we're all speaking about is is what's going to happen and what's the split going to look like for the Ironman World Championships. Um, but we're going to be back into it with, uh, you know, Olympic qualification. Uh, we we've got a lot of exciting stuff on tap. Um, and then us going to races next year. I mean, we'll probably go to more races next year than we've ever been to. This year, we went to what? three or four races chelsea went to a couple overseas so um the brand's growing as well thanks to all of our listeners supporting us and supporting the podcast um this is episode 99 it's kind of crazy to believe that we've come already this far it's been uh i would say a bit of a grind sometimes to record every week and things like that (laughs) so um making sure we're all bought in and making sure that we're we're giving the listeners and everyone that um, supports us what they what they deserve, as no one else really covers the races like this. Yep, I think um, my wife still rolls her eyes every every time when I say, you know, look, I got to go do the podcast. She's like, oh my gosh, your podcast! But to think that next week's uh, we'll call it twenty twenty two award show is going to be our one hundredth episode is uh, yeah, it's quite an achievement and something that that I'm super excited to, to share with everybody on the show. Um, and, and yeah, just reflect on the, reflect on the year and, and look through, you know, we've got Kyle, you've got an Excel spreadsheet going with everybody that's been inputting their, um, their results for the year. And it's been just super fun to look at. So yeah, I think 2022 was awesome. And 2023 will be, I think an interesting year. There's a lot of shakeups just going on. Um, maybe we'll, revisit this just in the sponsorship world and and what's happening um you know in the industry right now coming off of uh the covid boom and so that's something that maybe we'll cover and give a give a look into um for when we record our show next week exactly um so i'm going to make one last plug if you want to be like christian blumenfeld please vote in the ptn awards show voting will close on friday so if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, I'm sorry you might have missed the the cutoff. But if you want to be like Christian Blumenfeld, fill out the uh, your winners for the PTN awards. As always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, be sure to like and subscribe. Share this with your friends, family, and coworkers. Um, I'm sure they love hearing about your triathlon uh, exploits over the weekend. So share the podcast with them. Help them. Uh, understand you a little bit better the sport a little bit better and all of us a little bit better so as always thanks for listening and we'll see you next week